Skywatch, the novel, a look and read book by Derek Farmer. Chapter One Sent Away Norman Starkey stepped out of the air raid shelter and looked around. It was wartime. Planes were bombing the cities. Lots of children had been sent away to stay with people in the countryside. It was safer there. Evacuees, they were called. Most of Norman's friends had gone, but not Norman. He didn't want to go. He wanted to stay behind with his mother. And in the end, she let him. The bombs had been closer than usual that night. Everywhere Norman looked, there were buildings still burning. Norman wandered through the battered streets. The pavements were strewn with shattered glass and rubble. Norman turned onto the road where he lived. Most of the houses were still standing. But at the far end... A crowd was gathered around an ambulance. Norman ran to see what was happening. As he got there, his next-door neighbour, Mrs Thompson, was being stretched into the ambulance. She was lucky to be alive. She always refused to go to the air raid shelter, and the house had received a direct hit. There was a hole in the ground where Mrs Thompson's house used to be. Most of Norman's house had been destroyed with it. Norman's mother, Mrs Starkey, was staring at the wreckage. She turned to Norman. Her eyes were red from crying. Norman, she said, it's just too dangerous here. You've got to go. Norman argued and pleaded, but Mrs Starkey was determined. This time there was no persuading her. So that afternoon, Norman was put on a train with a label round his neck and sent away to the countryside. It was like a foreign land to him. Mr Jenkins was waiting for Norman at the other end. Mr Jenkins was the village postman, but he also had the job of finding places for the city children to live. Norman Starkey, eh? Mr Jenkins checked the label pinned to Norman's coat. You come with me. I've got a nice new home waiting for you. Mr Jenkins put Norman in the back of his car. A girl was already there, hunched up in one corner. This is Mary Parker, said Mr Jenkins. She's an evacuee as well. Mary was about the same age as Norman. She was wearing her school uniform. Her hands were folded in her lap. She was staring down at them. 
She didn't even look up when Norman got into the car. Norman knew how she felt. Lonely and scared. Too lonely to talk. The car pulled out of the station yard and turned along the main street. Minutes later, they had left the village and were out in the country. Norman had never seen anything like it before. Mile after mile of emptiness. Fields, hedges and trees. And more fields. How'd you like it in the country then? Mr Jenkins said over his shoulder. Norman glared out of the window. Is this all there is? He wasn't impressed. It was like one enormous park without the swings. You'll soon get used to it, said Mr Jenkins. Norman slumped against the side of the car. He'd never get used to it. He didn't want to get used to it. He wanted to go home. And the sooner the better. Anyone like chocolate? Mr Jenkins called out. Norman sat up and took notice. He loved chocolate. And he was starving hungry. I love chocolate, he said. Mr Jenkins nodded. So do I. They had some in the village shop a couple of months ago. Norman sighed. It looked as though there was no more chocolate in the countryside than there was in the city. And he was still starving. Then Mary touched his arm. She was holding a bar of chocolate. A whole bar of chocolate. She broke it in two and passed one half to Norman. Norman couldn't believe it. A total stranger was giving him half her chocolate. It was unheard of. He grabbed it quickly before she could change her mind. He snapped off a piece and popped it in his mouth. Mary put the rest back in her pocket. Mr Jenkins brought the car to a stop and switched off the engine. Here we are then, he said. Westbourne Hall, your new home. Hope, he muttered as he climbed out. Westbourne Hall was a large country house which had seen better days. It was full of statues and stuffed animals. Peacocks strutted in the grounds. It had at least 30 bedrooms and once would have been packed with family and servants. Now only two people live there. Philip Granger and his housekeeper, Miss Millington. Philip Granger was not pleased to see them. He was a tall, thin man with angry eyes. He listened impatiently whilst Jenkins told him why Norman and Mary were there. Then he stopped him with a wave of his hand. What do you think I'm running here, Jenkins? A children's home? He sneered. There'll be no trouble, Mr Granger, Jenkins replied. You'll hardly know the real, sir. That's because they won't be here, Granger told him. I'm too busy to fool about with evacuees. Get them out of here. Jenkins sighed. In that case, sir, I'm going to have to report you to the authorities. Uh, Hang on a minute. Granger had to be careful. He could be in trouble if he refused to take in evacuees. He decided to do a deal. 
Oh, I'll take one of them, he said. The girl. Jenkins thought it over. One was better than none. And it was best not to force people if you could help it. Is there something wrong? Miss Millington was on her way down the stairs. No, it's it's all sorted out, Granger said. Mr Jenkins has brought us an evacuee. Evacuee? Miss Millington was a small, dark woman with an icy glare that she turned on Jenkins. But we're not used to looking after children. Don't worry, Miss Millington, said Jenkins. He was already leaving. Mary Parker's her name. She's a good girl and she won't bite. Jenkins was hurrying Norman back to the car. He wanted to get away before Granger changed his mind. Now, son, he said, what are we going to do with you? It was late. and Jenkins still had to find somewhere for Norman to sleep. He decided to take a chance on Wells Farm. Wells Farm was only a short drive from Westbourne Hall, and it was the home of Mrs Amy Hobbs. Mrs Hobbs was a kind-hearted old lady who was always ready to help. The problem was Mr Jenkins had already left an evacuee there earlier in the day. Mr Jenkins needn't have worried. Mrs Hobbs took one look at Norman and pulled him inside. Let's get him fed, she said. Before he wastes away. She gave Norman a big bowl of soup and a hunk of homemade bread. Then she went down to listen to Mr Jenkins' story. So Mr High and Mighty Granger wouldn't have him then, she said when he heard what had happened at Westbourne Hall. Didn't want him or the girl, said Jenkins. I knew he was no good the day he arrived, said Mrs Hobbs. Money! That's all one's interested in, Mr Jenkins nodded. Would you like more soup, Norman? asked Mrs Hobbs. Can I have more bread as well? Mrs Hobbs smiled. You can, but then it's straight to bed, mind. Back at Westbourne Hall, Miss Millington had taken Mary straight up to one of the empty bedrooms and left her there. Mary didn't know what to do. She started to unpack. It didn't take long. She didn't have much. Finally, she was left with a half bar of chocolate and a pound note that her mother had given her. She put them under her pillow. They would be safe there. Downstairs, Miss Millington was in a rage. What's the idea of having that girl here? She shouted at Granger. Granger shrugged. He said he'd report us to the authorities if I refused. Do you want them up here poking their noses in? So instead we've got that girl snooping all around all the time, Millington snapped. Granger tried to calm things down. You can take care of her, all right, he said. She's just a kid. Millington glared at him. She would just have to make sure that Mary was no trouble and didn't go round snooping at night. Mrs Hobbs opened the door to the bedroom. No noise, mind, she said.
she whispered. We don't want to wake Dennis, do we? Norman was puzzled. Here is Dennis, Mrs Hobbs. Call me Auntie Amy, Mrs Hobbs told him. Dennis is my other evacuee. He'll be fast asleep in bed now. But he wasn't. There was nobody in the bed. Good Lord, said Amy. He's disappeared. Amy pulled open the wardroom door and looked inside. Dennis wasn't there. The window, said Amy. He must have got through the window. But Norman had spotted something. A foot was sticking out from under the bed. Amy bent down and grabbed it. She pulled. A boy slid out. An untidy-looking boy who was still half asleep. It was Dennis Seely. Dennis sat up and rubbed his eyes. What's the idea of sleeping under the bed? Amy demanded. That's where I sleep at home, Dennis yawned. Bombs can't get you there. Amy shook her head. We don't have bombs here, she told Dennis. You don't have to be scared. Who said I was scared? Nobody, Amy smiled. You're both very brave boys, I'm sure. Right, time we had a little chat. Mary was sitting up in bed while Miss Millington went over the rules of the house. The rules were simple. Whatever Miss Millington said, Mary had to do. Understand? Millington asked her. Mary understood. But that wasn't all. By the way, Miss Millington added on her way out, you're not afraid of ghosts, are you? Mary's eyes opened wide. An old house like this is bound to have one or two, isn't it? said Millington. You might hear odd noises in the night, but you'll be all right as long as you stay in your room and don't go wandering round the house. It sounded more like a threat than advice. Millington switched the light off and shut the door. Mary didn't dare move. She just sat in the dark and listened for ghosts. Norman and Dennis sat side by side in the big double bed. They were trying to be brave, but Amy could see that there was something wrong. She had an idea. I just remembered, she said. I've got something for you. Amy pulled open a drawer and took out a torch and a small telescope. She threw them onto the bed. Norman and Dennis grabbed them. Share them, said Amy. They used to be my boys, but he's got army ones now. Amy closed the door. Norman and Dennis clutched their new things to them as they settled down to sleep. Already they were starting to feel a little better about being away from home. They were the lucky ones. At Westbourne Hall, Mary was lying wide awake in the dark. It wasn't the thought of ghosts that was keeping her away. It was the thought of Granger and Miss Millington. Mary knew that she was never going to be happy with these two. She turned over and tried to sleep, but Millington's words just kept going round and round in her head. Norman and Dennis were fast asleep.
A sudden noise cut through the air. Norman sat bolt upright. He couldn't believe it. Something was tapping at the window, trying to get in. But that wasn't possible. Was it? Perhaps he dreamt it. But there it was again, a sharp tap, tap, tap against the glass. There was no mistaking it this time. Norman grabbed Dennis and shook him. Dennis, wake up, he said. There's something at the window. Bye.